Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon, and today I am talking with Jeff Thomas. Jeff, thanks for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. It's going to be really fun. Jeff is the author of the book, Trading Up. And so Jeff is a, uh, he, he's the founder of, oh, let me get it, Archetype Wealth Partners. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. Archetype. That's awesome. So Jeff and I connected um, a few weeks ago. He mailed me a copy of his book, which is phenomenal. He signed it. He's doing all the right things, but that's not what we're talking about today. Uh, we want to talk about trading up, moving from success to significance. So Jeff is a, is a follower of Christ. He's a business owner. And we want to talk today about how do you manage those two worlds and realize that they really aren't two worlds, they're one, because business is ministry. But Jeff, tell us a little bit about you. How did you get to this spot of, of authoring a book? Give us a, a snapshot of who you are. Well, thank you uh, for having me. And, and uh, just a little background. Uh, growing up, uh, I, I grew up mostly in St. Louis, around the Midwest, but my dad was a business guy who was an engineer, MBA, and, and uh Started kind of on the fast track in business, and uh, in his late twenties, uh, he had a, he was attending church uh, with, with my mother, and uh, uh, the, the the senior pastor asked him, "Have you ever thought about uh, going into the ministry?" You know, and my my, my joke is that the guy probably asked every twenty something uh, you know person in the church. He finally got somebody to say, "Yes, actually, I have thought about that." And uh, long story short, he went back to seminary and would would, would work at the engineering company in the uh, in the summertime and and uh, switched careers and so what that planted in my brain it was a wonderful example uh, my dad is really my hero uh, but what that planted in my brain uh, was that maybe to be in full-time ministry you have to switch to work for a nonprofit a church you know, uh, some kind of ministry or nonprofit and so I kind of always had that in the back of my brain and so I didn't really feel called into you know working for a nonprofit or being a pastor. I hate to call it full-time ministry because I've learned since then that we're really all in ministry. We can all minister to people, even in the for-profit world of business. And so I spent a lot of years just kind of chasing the American dream of success, the way the world defines that with money and possessions and all that, and just sort of led me to an empty place. And I started going, well, I've got something wrong because I'm not feeling fulfilled. And I kind of went back to that faith of my youth and realize that uh, uh, engaging and, and, and giving through your business while you're working, not just as a, you know, make a bunch of money and give it away, but the way you treat people, the way you run your business, the way you treat your customers, all of those things are ministry in themselves. So we're yeah. all ministry, not just the people who get a paycheck from a nonprofit. That, that's awesome. That's And that's a great perspective because so many times when we think about being givers and or being in ministry in business, we're thinking about giving money. But exactly. my, my business is a ministry to the people that I work with, the people I employ, the, my clients, all of that is, is wrapped up in ministry, right? Exactly. Um, let's talk about, um, so all right, so real quick, trading up. So you, you've been a um, 
financial planner for a while. You've you've had wild success financially, but it left you empty, right? Yes. Talk talk just a snippet about that, and then what was the turning point there for you? How did you? Yeah. So I was a uh, a, a singles tennis player uh, all growing up, and uh, and that, that's good. You know, there's sports is great for all kinds of reasons, resilience and and hard work and all these kind of things uh, that that are wonderful. So I'm a I'm a big fan of, of playing sports, but that individual sport, I always was I always preferred playing singles, uh, not doubles. And of course, in, in that world, you know, you have that bracket, right? In singles, and there's only one winner. So when I went to work at, uh, I was in public accounting for a couple of years, and then got into the wealth management business at Payne Weber, that's now part of UBS. And then we spent 17 years at Morgan Stanley, and then we started Archetype about four years ago. But during that time at those big firms, I mean, they published, there's literally a scorecard button on the computer uh, at Morgan Stanley, and it was assets and revenue, okay, and where you ranked globally in the firm. So for me, it was just a bracket. I was like, wow. this game, okay, you're trying to get to number one, right? And uh, so I just sort of had my head down and working hard and developing client relationships, investing the money, hire another person, build the team. And I sort of woke up 10 years into that uh, going, okay, well, I've made a bunch of money. I thought that was sort of the, the goal, the American dream. And, you know, we're going to church on Sunday. We're supporting things. But I really didn't feel like I was in ministry. I was just kind of separating my sort of faith life on Sunday and then just, you know, tent making or whatever is kind of how I thought of it uh, during the week. And that led to this sort of empty place. I'm like, the money isn't really doing it for me. Uh, and I didn't know what I was missing, you know? And so I started doing this soul searching. I actually read a book by Lee Strobel uh, uh, called, called The Case for Christ. I was like, my dad was a pastor, but I, I felt like I had like a second grade knowledge of the Bible, you know? And like, there's probably answers in this book called the Bible, but do I even believe that that thing's true? I, I don't know. You know, I was kind of trading still in my early 30s on my parents' faith, I think, you know? I so I had accepted Christ, but I just really wasn't living it in an integrated way in my in my professional life. And so I read that book. Lee Strobel was a, you know, a lot of people watching this may or may not know him. Uh, he's kind of famous in Christian circles, but he was a hardcore atheist that, you know, was an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And then he uh, uh, he wanted to disprove Christianity so his wife would stop dragging him to church. And in fact, he interviewed everybody and realized it was true and became a Christian. So you know, he was so skeptical. I wasn't nearly as skeptical as he was. So I got about two thirds of the way through that. I go, uncle, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. There's obviously answers. So I was doing that and God just revealed to me what my problem was. I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it in my early thirties. I'm in my early fifties now. I couldn't put my finger on what my, the gap was in my sort of joy, if you will. Or, and, and what God revealed to me is I'm chasing, I was putting a little G God of money above the big G God that fulfills everything we want to do. And it, and as it, that was not a pretty picture. That mirror of the Bible really was not pretty. And uh, he just revealed that to me. And so I spent years just trying to reverse that and putting him first and letting the money uh, follow the things he, he wanted me to give it to. And it really just created joy. So it really uh, was a place of kind of emptiness chasing that. I didn't even know that's really what I was doing. I just kind of had the wrong worldview. And then when I, we got it right, my, you know, my relationship with my wife became better. We became more generous as a couple. Uh, just everything uh, improved. And I found I wanted to share that with clients. 
So we started talking a lot more about generosity, which brought all kinds of wonderful people as clients. Uh, and it ultimately led to us, you know, starting our own firm. Yeah, and that's cool. One of the things that you talk about there, I mean, you dropped it there is money's not going to make you happy, right? right? Money's a tool. That's all it is. I was with I was with a guy a couple of weeks ago, multimillionaire, business owner, solid Christian. And he said, money's, money is an amplifier. If you're a bad person and doing bad things, it will amplify that. If you're a good person, you want to do good things, it will amplify that. He's like, that's all it is. And I really like how he put that. I used to be a mechanic years and years ago, car mechanic. And I tell people, you know, I can pick up a wrench or a screwdriver. They're just tools. That's all money is. It's a tool that God allows us to use. And that, but too many times we want to own it. And you, you talk in your book, um, it's about the difference between trading ownership for stewardship, right? Unpack that a little bit. Okay. So I have a prop for this one. All right. Okay. So not everybody on Zoom can pull off the get up and walk around. I'm not, I promise I won't go too far. Uh, but, but this, you know, for people maybe listening, they can't see it. But for people that are watching the video, this is a, a, a young guy that uh, I discipled uh, made this for me. And it's a turtle on a fence post. And uh, I, I have this on my shelf to remind me uh, that nobody gets that turtle didn't get on that fence post by himself. Okay? <laughs> that turtle can't climb that post. Okay. And so, uh, you know, I kind of thought of myself uh, with my sort of worldly successes, you know, I was working hard and building a team and training people. Right. And, you know, I was doing it, my intellect, my hard work, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't pick my parents who happened to be wonderful. I didn't, uh, they happen to value education and help me pay for college. Uh, we're living in America right now in the, in the wealthiest country that's ever been put on the earth. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I was a turtle on a fence post and still am. And so most of those things are really just gifts from God. I mean, he, he's the one who made the earth and everything in it and gave us the parents and put us exactly and gave us the tools, our health you know, in this time of COVID and all of that, just to be blessed with health is a big deal to be able even to just get up and, and go to work and or to have a job or to be put in a business, you know, with a growing stock market. I don't have much to do with that. Okay. Right. That, that, that helps our revenue when, when the stock market goes up. So our job is just to use, appreciate, have gratitude for the gifts we've been given and then use them like the parable of the talents, right? The one person was given five, one, two, and one, one. And, uh, you know, with the person with five uh, got to 10, good job. Two got to four, great job. One just buried it, you're in trouble. That's Took right. the one person uh, that didn't use it and gave it to one of the other folks. So it's just a stewardship issue. Once we realize that we're really not all that and that we've been given all these gifts, our job is to simply utilize them to be a blessing to others. You know, so love God, love others. It's not more complicated than that and kind of get out of the way. And then God wants to use you. Of course, I'm in Houston where we talk a lot about oil and gas. I always say he wants to, he wants us to be pipelines for his blessing, not storage tanks. <laughs> okay. And so, you know, it, it, it's just amazing. Like the more that uh, you, you can be trusted with his resources, the more he'll use you to pass those along. So, uh, you were talking about uh, Randy Alcorn. I think one of his lines is, you know, we're, we're, we're not uh, blessed 
to increase our lifestyle, but to increase our generosity. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and as business owners, it's just too easy to continue uh, increasing our lifestyle as profits yeah. go up. And I, Randy Alcorn talked about the, the disease of affluenza in America, right? We are too affluent. Exactly. And the, the three questions we always ask people, because our, our company really deals with business owners uh, who want to talk about generosity. So this is right down our alley. I appreciate you're asking these questions because it's right down. And we always ask them three questions and they seem really simple, Michael, on the, on the surface. But, but uh, I would maybe challenge your uh, listeners to, to think about these three questions, maybe for themselves. It's like, how much is enough for you, right? Most people just say, well, more, or what do the Joneses have, right? So <laughs> establishing your own finish line, thinking hard about that uh, with your spouse, if you're married. And the second one is, how much is enough for the kids? So one of the top questions we get from our clients is, how do I not ruin the kids? You know, I got this company, we might be selling it, whatever. Now we have more liquid cash than we ever did. We could sort of play poor when we just lived on our income from the business, but now we've sold it. We got this pile uh what are we supposed to do with it you know are you just supposed to divide by the number of kids that doesn't seem feel right to most people but our culture doesn't do a good job of asking that question and then what do you do with the rest so once you've got your finish line how much you think is appropriate for the kids and these are all questions as a steward god owns it all we're just stewards ask the owner he will give you the answer to those questions and then what do you do with the rest and one of the things i think randy alcorn might talk about this too he says you know I don't think we get credit for giving things when we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> I like that one. It's not sacrificial. We're already gone. So if you can identify the excess you have, it's so much more fun, frankly. Give it away while you're alive. And so and figure out you know, what breaks your heart and, and, and involve your family in the giving. And I'm telling you, that'll even make your, that'll make your family so much stronger than any multiple homes and airplanes. Well, it is. And, and I'm going to jump in here, brother. Um, so a lot of us have read the book Profit First. Yeah. Right. And that's a great concept. It works. You take a little bit of profit off the top and you put it in a separate account. Great. We do that. But a, a year or so ago, because I, I believe our business is God's business and we want to yeah. give generously, I created another account and I call it my giving first account. So right off the top, I take another percentage and put it in a, a, a giving fund and we give every month out of that. As the business grows, we have more money to give as we are growing the business, right? And I want to challenge business owners to think that way. It's not just about how much profit can I get it's how much can I give away, you know, at, at a different way. You can do it the same way as Profit First. So just wanted to throw that in there as a way to help people think about, wow, we are stewards. At the end of the day, I love that Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. I tell people all the time, I'm a two-talent guy, right? I'm going to try my best to double it. But at the end of the day, when they came back, who got the increase? The stewards didn't get that. The master got the increase and they got affirmed and got more responsibility. I don't know that they got pay raises. Maybe they did, but God got the increase, right? And so as stewards, that's what we need to do is work diligently with what God's given us. And when he provides the increase, I love, this is enough for me. I set my income. Everything else goes to God or whatever. It's a mindset, right? And so that that's, there we go. He just dropped out just for a minute. There you are. <laughs> Zoom is a wonderful thing when it works oh, yeah, in the yeah. internet. 
It, but you know what? Editing is a beautiful thing. It is. We just keep going. It's no big deal. So I was, I was, just, I don't know what you, what you heard or didn't hear, but I was telling about. So we kind of froze on the Matthew verse, I think. The Matthew. Yeah. So we're all talents. I'm a two talent guy. And the increase that those guys had though, they didn't get to keep the increase. The increase went back to the master. Right? right. And so the same aspect was stewardship. I need to steward. If my business grows, praise God, I need to have my income limit. Like you talked about how much is enough for me. And then if God blesses above that, well, maybe he has a purpose for that now, not when I'm dead. I love that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with giving people, you know, have that set up. So when you die, your, your family has an inheritance. That's great. But they don't need $14 million. I don't think. Uh, I'll tell you an interesting story just to just to kind of give the radical example and people can uh, Google this and find the video or maybe you can put the show notes or whatever. But but the, there's a, a guy named Alan Barnhart uh, who, who runs Barnhart Crane out of Memphis and they've now got offices everywhere. But he, he's I think in his early 60s and he's a friend. We're kind of working on our uh, a book together about this topic of giving away your company and being generous within your company. And I'll, this is, he's my example of kind of the Z most, uh, uh, most generous example, just to kind of get people's maybe mind brewing a little. 30 years ago, his, business, his parents had two cranes, right? And they kind of ran the business out of their house and they would rent out these cranes. And they said, we're going to retire to him and his brother is about the same age. He's just getting out of, Alan's just getting out of college. And, and he says, uh, and Alan was getting married right out of college and his wife wanted to become a missionary. And he wanted to take over the, these couple of cranes with his brother and grow it. So he and his wife made a deal where they said, we'll, pay, we'll take over the crane business, but we're going to pay ourselves as missionaries. And if God blesses the business and we make anything else, we'll give away the money. So the first year in business, they made 50000 extra and they gave it away. Well, now they're giving away, he did the same thing. He's just increased his salary a little bit for 30 years. They're now giving away a couple of million bucks a month, Michael. That's and so great. Basically, a foundation owns the entire business, and he pays everybody generously. A lot of people make more than he does because he's just choosing to, what that finish line looks like for himself. But he's funding all the things. And I'm telling you, this is this guy's personal balance sheet is way smaller than about anybody else that founded or running a company that big. But I guarantee you, he's a thousand times happier than most of those guys. That is so cool. And I know he's part of, I've heard about, I've heard his yeah. story because of a ministry that you're part of is called Generous Giving. Exactly. And, and people need to go to their website. I think it's probably generousgiving.org. Probably exactly it is. right. It's, it's just an organization. And, and I love what they said. They said, we will never tell you what to do with your money. It's, it's spurring on conversations around generosity. And I love watching their videos. It's just so powerful yeah. around business owners like the Barnharts um, who just have figured it out for, for them and what God wants them. them to do it. And it's uh, not formulaic just because that's radical and you say, well, that doesn't fit for me or whatever. Correct. I like your example, a little bit off the top. Let's start that way. Our company, we gave 10% of the foundation. Over our lifetimes, we plan to do all of it, but we're going to do it incrementally uh, uh, over the years as God guides us. You know, we just ask him what to do. And so just start somewhere. That's right. You know, and ask the owner yes. what to do and he'll do it. And I'm telling you, uh, we know that's one of the promises that God makes, you know, okay. is if you do it that way, he's going to deliver joy. He will. So ask the owner. That's great. Ask God, read his word. But also in your book, multiple times uh, you talk about a, a, a decision came up or something happened and you're not so sure what to do. So you go ask your wife. 
And yeah. she typically has a good answer for you because God many times, at least in my life, speaks through my wife, right? It's like, oh, okay, confirms things. So it's not, you know, it is asking God, but it's, it's having counsel with your, your wife. You know, there, there's, uh, uh, I think I referenced it in my book, but there's a, a, one of my mentors is a guy named Terry Looper who runs a big oil service company here in uh, Houston, just a wonderful godly man. And, and he's been on this journey as well. He's just a decade or two ahead of me. And, and uh, uh, he wrote a book called Sacred Pace that I would uh, recommend to everybody. I think I referenced it maybe a little bit at the end of my book, but uh, he talks about how to make decisions with God. And, and I really like it. It's just a simple four or five step process where you, you do ask God constantly praying, right? Usually we don't get the answers to your point in the time frame that maybe we would like it. One of my favorite ideas that he has is getting neutral. So if we can remove as many, like we're going to be biased, but if we can remove as many of our biases as possible about God, I just want whatever you want. That's really hard, but to get neutral, but then look at the circumstances, collect the facts and part of those, looking at the circumstances and collecting the fact, are talking to uh, to other godly people, including our spouses. Yes. About yes. Because God gave us those spouses for a reason, you know? So they've got a lot of, especially for us guys, most of us are married to women with probably better instincts. I know my wife's got better instincts. Oh. She situations and people and maybe what we should engage in or not engage in. And so she's always been ahead of me. And she she's not quite the Bible study nerd I am, but I got to catch up to her. Right. Yeah, uh, just in, in touch with the spirit, anyway. So yeah, it's good. So, one, you use a you use a phrase in your book that I want to talk. I want you to unpack it a little bit. Is being all in for God. Uh, what do you What do you mean by that? You know, it's funny. You were talking about uh, being a mechanic and the tools. And the first picture I get when you were talking about that is I think of alignment. You know, when your when your car isn't exactly in a line if it's just a little bit off it, i mean the tires go you're you're wearing out parts it's just a disaster right you got to be in alignment to go fast and smooth and keep everything operating and so when i think about all in to me that's the alignment one of my it's just one of my favorite words guys just got me thinking a lot about alignment lately and so all in to me that's the integrated life of i used to live in a, a, not an integrated life go to church on sunday do the tent making, give a little bit of a you know tip to God on the weekends, but that is not all in. Uh, all in is just complete surrender. Okay, you own all the money. I had a lot of things uh, like the money thing that I wanted to grip on, yep. and I thought those would bring me satisfaction. I, 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 I got. I'll put, I'll put you down the down the list. But once you turn everything over, the business, the money. That seems scary because you think he might tell you to go to Africa or do something you want to do. He's not going to tell you anything you're not equipped for that won't be amazing. That's right. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it will be amazing. And I guarantee you better than whatever you came up with. Amen. So I'm completely addicted to the all in lifestyle because the more I gave him, the better my life got. So all these rules and everything, a lot of people think Christianity is about a lot of rules and all that kind of stuff. It's just like for our kids, like don't touch the hot stove because we don't want you to get burned. He's trying to guide us with those guardrails into a better place. Yeah, he, yeah. he loves us and wants the most amazing thing for us. His picture of what your life should be like, Michael, is way better than anything you could ask or imagine. So why wouldn't we do it? Why wouldn't we just engage with him and, and, and allow that to happen? Enjoy that ride. 
That's right. No, I think it, I think it's great. I think, I don't know if it's C.S. Lewis or something. I've read it first in John Piper's book about, you know, we, we can't see all that. We, we, we are happy making mud pies on the beach when we don't understand what a vacation at sea is all about. Right. And it's like, wow. You know, my, one of my favorite illustrations on that, and I think I, I, I tell it in the book is, is uh, Michelangelo when he carves David, right? It, it's like uh, he goes into the, to the, uh, the quarry, you know, where they sell these big blocks of, uh, you know, marble and that kind of thing. And he gets this giant block of white marble. And apparently a couple of uh, artists, sculptors had already bought this thing and returned it. Just too big. It just overwhelmed them. And uh, anyway, Michelangelo gets this thing, carves David. If you've ever seen a picture or in, or in real life in Italy, the thing's amazing, you know, like, oh, 25 feet high. It's big, right? It's like perfect. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that this guy carved this thing out of one giant piece of marble. And, uh, and when they interviewed him, even at the time, they go, everybody was like, even back then, they're like, holy smokes, how did you do that? You know, that thing's amazing. And he goes, I saw David in there and I let him out. <laughs> I love that analogy of like, what a way that God looks at us, like not for the foibles that we have and that we're so aware of our own shortcomings and all of those things, but he sees the God-given potential he's put in us and, uh, and, and how can we look at each other that way? So even in business, how can we interact with our customers, our suppliers, our employees, all of that thing, not for the flawed people they are, but what they could be. And, and how do we treat them in that way? What, what, a, what a much more fun way to live uh, than an unintegrated, you know, part-time. That's right. It, and it's, it, it talks about something you, you mentioned in your book is you better be um, living what you're preaching, which is really important because integrity is huge. Uh, but I want to talk about this, this concept because a lot of business owners, a lot of people focus on retirement, Mm. right? I'm planning for retirement. I'm saving for retirement. I'm doing, but in your book, you really threw a curveball on page 66. Uh, you talk about retire versus re-tire, which is to add more tread, which was, I was like, what? So unpack that. Cause I really like that concept. Thanks for bringing that up. So this is really interesting. In fact, there's something that I've learned since I wrote the book uh, recently that I didn't know. Somebody said, you know, all the words, that you really need to know uh, probably were in Hebrew, okay? If that was like the original <laughs> language God uh, got you. And in uh, Hebrew, apparently there's no word for retirement. Okay. And, uh, and so I think this concept of retirement, uh, I'll, I'll blame my industry of the wealth management business <laughs> Uh, where it probably, and I'll, I'll even blame the subcategory of insurance people, you know, that want to sell annuities or whatever. So, you know, frankly, it's only been in the last, what, 50 years or so that people really live into their 80s anyway. You know, when they set up Social Security in the 30s, you know, you, if you live past 62, okay, we'll give you something, but life expectancy was 62. Right. So it didn't really, uh, there really wasn't this thing called retirement. So only... Now that life is extending, we're sort of making this thing up. And so I think our business has kind of made up this idea that you would sit on your rear end for 20 years. And uh, I love golf as much as the next person, but not as uh, I'm not going to do it as a profession. Right? right. So so I think this idea of retirement, you know, we see a lot of people who retire don't really have a meaningful game plan. And, you know, they have health problems. Uh I think we're made just like an engine 
uh, is made to run, not to sit idly. And so I, I think uh, there, there is no example. Think of Moses, you know, getting the job to lead the people out of the promised land at age 80. I mean, there, there is no model of uh, uh, not being productive in the Bible. So I think that this is back to that ownership stewardship thing. Just to be stewards of what God's given us, even it can shift, right? You don't have to do the same work. Maybe you mentor people, uh, you know, this sort of thing. So the, the work can shift in different seasons, but maybe put new tread, like we said on that. So even if you're a company or whatever, uh, you sell the company, uh, you retire someplace, uh, even if it's mandatory that you not work in that place anymore, there's volunteer things you can do. Just continue to use those God, uh, gifts God's given us. I, I think our society sells a little too much of the leisure. And I don't think that's really, there's nothing wrong with some of that, some Sabbath rest and that kind of thing, but not seven days a week. Right. Absorb. I think that's not a formula for a fulfilling life. It's, it's interesting. The, the concept just hit me or the idea is that when you retire in, in our culture, right? Yeah. It's, God does not remove from you your talents and gifts and abilities. <laughs> yeah. You need Turn to them keep all them. in. That's right. Give yeah. Watch. Now no. give me all your talent. <laughs> that's right. Doesn't work that way. And that's good because there are other ways to use it. Mentor down, be like Timothy and, and build into future generations. Wow. What would the world be like, Jeff, if guys like, like you and me and others would build down into the 20 and 30 year olds now to say, here's a mindset you need to have. How could the world be different in a few years, right? I mean, even today, we had a uh, we we host this little thing called a Kingdom Advisor Study Group in our office once a month, basically a Bible study for other uh, wealth managers. And we had a a young guy on there that just graduated from college, went to work for a big wealth management firm, and he's trying to integrate right this all in. He's trying to be an all in guy, not just Sunday and then you know Monday through Friday. Uh, doing the tent making, but he's trying to live an integrated life right out of college. And I'm like, oh, you'll, you'll be 15 years ahead of me, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're exactly right. Let, let, let's let the next generation stand on our shoulders. Do it. Why don't, why, don't, why don't you make him your turtle? You lift <laughs> him up, okay? You lift him up and put him on a post over the next decade so that he can do some great things for God. Exactly. Well, brother, we could be here all day. You and I are kindred spirits. Um, I want to I want to recommend people get your book, Trading Up. It's a phenomenal read. Has a lot of personal stories, but a lot of mindset shifts that just help us rethink who we are and why does God have us here? Why has God equipped us to be business owners, and what does He expect from us? And how do you live life really with tons of joy? Because that joy comes through giving and, and using the talents and gifts and abilities God's given us to, to expand his kingdom, to share Christ, to be a blessing, and just to, to, to do what he's called us to do. Indeed. So, brother, thank you for writing your book, Trading Up by Jeff Thomas. Go get yourself a copy on Amazon. Jeff, thank you so much, brother, for being on here. This has been fun. Well, thank you for uh, your light. It's been a joy to get to know you. And thanks for having me on today. You are so welcome. We will stay in touch, brother. All right. Thanks for listening to Experts Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.